we didn't have the easiest sort of up- upbringing, mm. and that uh, you know my family weren't exactly uh, flush with cash. Uh, there was lots of times when there wasn't even sort of food on the table. I say I think it's fair to say that you know we, as a family, we we did we did struggle, mm. and uh, it it took me sort of years later, sort of going through therapy to sort yeah. of process all that. That's always been one of my mantras that wherever I've worked, whoever I've worked for, mm. is I do the job to the best of my ability. So I started Rubik's, and first September 2020. I had converted, we've got uh, like an outbuilding at the, uh, the back of the garden. I'd converted that into my office and the sun was shining. And it, was all, it was all good. And she took one look at me and she said, what have you done? And I said, what do you mean, what have I done? Mm. And she said, what have you done? I know you've done something. She just, t- just tell me, she said, I haven't got time for it. And I said, well, I may have just bought another company. And so it was, yes, it was a leap of faith as well. Of course it was. Mm. Um, But go big or go home, right? I started to recruit and started to recruit quite heavily. And, you know, we went from, if you can imagine, we went from me on the 1st of September, just being responsible for myself, Mm. to very quickly, we had 23 staff. If you had to choose one, what piece of advice would you like the listeners to take away from that conversation tonight? Nobody said it would be easy. They just said it'd be worth it. I believe everyone has a story to tell. Through seeking true, authentic insights about the entrepreneurial journey, I provide a platform for our peers to share their stories and inspire those that listen. This is the County Business Talks podcast. Produced by H2 Productions. Okay, welcome to another episode of the County Business Talks podcast. My guest today is a highly experienced professional within the telecoms industry and someone that has been helping people and businesses connect for over 20 years. He's the managing director of Rubik's VT, the one and only Nick Poyner. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Good to finally be here. Mate, we've talked about this for a while, haven't we? We've talked about it for a long time. (laughs) uh, We had that cancelled or postponed event. Yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah, no, it's been, it's good to finally, finally be sat in the chair, Sam. Mate, absolutely. No, mate, look, I'm I'm buzzing to have you on and it's it's been great, obviously, seeing the the growth of the journey over the last couple of years and obviously getting to know you a little bit more as well. So look, mate, but we're going to jump straight in as always, just... With everyone, just starting with their story and just telling people a little bit about life growing up for you, what that was like, and and a little bit about something about your early years that, you know, I guess shapes the person who sits here today. Sure. Okay. So I'm one of uh, one of three. I'm the eldest uh, eldest eldest child, and I think it's fair to say that we we didn't have the easiest sort of up- upbringing. Mm. And that uh, you know my family weren't exactly uh, flush with cash. Uh, there was lots of times when there wasn't even sort of food on the table, and my parents' relationship was very, uh, very sort of up and down. And that ultimately culminated in a them sort of splitting up a few times, but ultimately ended up in them sort of getting divorced. Mm. And sort of being the eldest one, it kind of I was. It always seemed that I was I was the adult, mm. if that makes that makes sort of sense. Yeah. And sort of had sort of a lot of responsibility from day one really and I think that's certainly one thing that's uh, really sort of shaped yeah. shaped the way I am and that I've taken through into my own sort of uh, 
actual adult adult life. Because yeah. I, you know, I always sort of had to be there for my uh, for, for my siblings and stuff. And, you know, whether that be sort of cooking dinner or or whatever that might be. So um, how, how old were you when when they finally split up? Your, your mum and dad. They when they the, the actual final. I, I was I was fifteen when it oh. finally 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 happened, and uh, it was all very you know, dramatic and all that there. But, uh, yeah. When you sort of reflect back on these things, yeah. um, but it had, it had been going on for a, a good sort of number of years, and you know my dad sort of in and out of work and stuff like that. And I say I think it's fair to say that you know we as a family we we did we did struggle, mm. and uh, it it took me sort of years later sort of going through therapy to sort yeah. of process all that and sort of break break all that down, yeah. um, which is something that I pushed against um, for for a number of years. In that why, typical, why, why did why did you feel you pushed against it? Just I think it's just that typical bravado. No, I'm fine, and you know, you just smile, smile and wave, and just carry on. Mm. You know, nothing to see here, and just you know, you, you just internalise everything. Mm. And I don't think, uh, or rather, I do. I, I think without going through that therapy, I'm not sure I'd actually be here as Rubik's either today. Wow. So it's, uh, it, it was something that, having eventually taken it on, I truly sort of embraced ultimately. Yeah. I think it's so again. I guess highlights so much that the necessity, I guess, for people to talk about feelings or talk about you know problems they've got or you know just subjects around that side of things, just to to help people through different processes. Because especially blokes, so much the amount of people I talk to on on here and I speak about it myself a lot that that we do do that a lot. Don't we? Yeah, no, I'm fine. Everything's yeah, okay, absolutely. and uh, it's a it's a difficult pro. So I just want to talk a little bit about that. I guess then that, that sort of up at at fifteen that, that they split up, and like you said, you you taking on that role uh, of because how old were your siblings then around that, that sort of time? So my sister would have been uh, eleven, mm. and my brother, uh, who's not very good at maths. <laughs> My brother, who's eight years younger than me, yeah, yeah. Um, would have been would have been seven, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, the, uh, so is that they, you know, they they very much sort of looked uh, looked to me then yeah. as their uh, as, the, as their father figure, I guess you could say. Um, albeit, I had to do a lot of sort of self preservation yeah. um, with uh, you know at, at, at that time. Yeah. And how have you, like was your relationship from that point like with? Your mum and dad sort of growing up. Then, did you still have a good relationship with them, despite them obviously splitting up? Or, yeah, it wasn't um, really with my dad. Um, uh, albeit, sort of breakup wasn't his his fault at that sort of time. Um, but it, you know, take takes two to tango, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But the um, my my relationship with him was I wouldn't say strange, but strained. But we we very much sort of we we didn't connect. We didn't really see each other that um, mm. that that sort of much, and. The, I guess part of the protection was this. Uh, f- I was trying to be there for my mum as well, type yeah, thing. Yeah, sure. um, I say, albeit trying to sort of self self preserve yeah, as well, because yeah. um, you know it was a really sort of difficult time as it as it is for you know for for any kid that yeah. that has to go through it yeah. and sort of coming up for exam time and stuff like that. And but there was always because there was always this focus on. That I, you know, I, I needed to earn money. I needed to bring money into the house to support yeah. to support my mum and my brother and sister and stuff. And because what was so, so at that time then from a I guess from a 
career point of view or what was your mindset where did, did you not have an idea that you'd like to do something or was it look i just need to get out and earn some money and uh, when you come to the end of education what, what, what was your because you left school at 16 right? yeah. yeah 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 uh, yeah, so I left, left school in that sort of summer of, um, uh, wasn't sort of quite 16 by the time yeah. I sort of done, done, done my GCSEs and stuff. And the, but I'd had, um, I'd had sort of small ventures, you know, from uh, quite an early age, really. Yeah. And uh, be it, I'd worked with my uncle, had a landscaping business, and I'd yeah. you know, sort of worked work with him. But then I, um, I the, the village that we lived in, I took on this egg round <laughs> and uh, with Stonegate Farms. And coincidentally, many, many years later, um, uh, Bruce Hayter, uh, uh, who used to be yeah. a director of Stonegate Farms, we recently found out a couple of years ago now that um, that he used to be a director at the time that I had this egg round. <laughs> and it's it was, a small world. They, it is a very small <laughs> world, but they, they used to deliver eggs to me on a, uh, on a Friday night. And I built up my round in the village and I'd go and deliver eggs on a, on a Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And you know, make uh, make some money. And yeah. also, you could have one of the other attractions at that time was that you could have as many of the eggs as you wanted. Oh. So that ultimately helped to sort of put food on the table as well. Yeah. So it was a. Uh, so I've had you know, over the years. I've had, yeah, yeah. You know, as a, as a kid, I had sort of many sort of little ventures like that. Yeah. Bought, <laughs> bought a bit of cash in and uh, and so on. So I think it was always there that I would at some stage. Go on and go, go on but, and have my own gig. But, but was did did you have like at, at that point like, at school like you know I left school like, I stayed on the A levels but failed them. But you, uh, you know I, my thing was I was going to be a footballer. I didn't you know that weren't ever going to work. Didn't work out. So you, I was really like you know didn't have a clue really what I was what I was going to do. Like what, was there a path that you wanted to take or was there something that you was what was your passion, I guess, around that time, or was that just because you had to sort of, I guess, grow up so quick? Was it just a case of look, I need to get out, and I'll get into the working world, and and go and find a job that's going to pay me money? Yeah, my passion was law. Well, okay, uh, I always wanted to be a, be a lawyer. Yeah, and it's something that I I sort of I, I, I looked at and I um, I sort of tried. So when I when I first left school, um, in that um, well, I actually hadn't left school. I'd, I'd completed my GCSEs, and a very good friend of mine, um, who I'm sure will, will come on to as part of this, uh, he was working in London at the time, and said to me, right, you know, come out to London, get yourself a job, you know, you can, you can earn some money during the summer. Mm. So I finished my GCSEs on the Thursday. Uh, on the Monday, I took the, there used to be a coach that went up from the village up to, uh, up to London, and uh, he showed me Brook Street Recruitment Agency on the Strand, and went in there, and this fresh-faced young lad, and uh, and I said to them, you know, I'm I'm looking for a for a temporary job. And they were very much, well, you know, we don't have anything, you know, immediately. But being sort of tenacious, I guess, I said, well, I'm sure if I sit around, you know, you'll find me something. And in fairness, they did within a couple of hours. I was working in um, working for London Underground in their data entry team. I mean, it was as boring as anything. Um, sorry to all the data entry people out there, <laughs> but it wasn't 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 my 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 my, my bag. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I started to earn earn a bit of cash, you know, weekly, uh, doing that, and with an intention that I was always going back after the summer to do my A levels, right. with a view that I wanted to go into go into law. At the time, they used to have these magazines that were given out at the stations, so I you know picked one up, and there was loads of jobs that were advertised in there, mm. and there was one being advertised for a uh, an office junior 
with the solicitors in Harley Street. And I thought, well, that's quite interesting. I might be able to get myself in there, and you know, because by now I was starting to earn money as, as well. Might be able to get myself in there, and you know, and, and work my way a different path. So managed to get this job. They paid me a whole six thousand pounds a year as my annual salary. Nice, nice. At the time. And it, it involved a bit more than sort of office junior. They uh, they were criminal defence lawyers. They had me going to um, going to uh, court, sit behind a barrister uh, and take notes of the case, and then report it back. And then that sort of led on to going in to do uh, conferences with barristers in their, their chambers, going on to do prison visits. And then I joined my second company of solicitors uh, opposite the uh, ITN building in Grayson Road. Uh, Stephen Fiddler was the name of the company. <laughs> uh, great name for a solicitor. <laughs> nice. And uh, he, um, uh, what he got me doing was going to police stations when a client had been arrested. Again, they were criminal uh, defence lawyers. Hmm. And uh, I'd, I'd have to go to these police stations. Bearing in mind, I'm like 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Although I've always sort of been and had to be older than, than my age, but he'd have me going to these police stations and sitting in on the police interviews with the wow. advice of just tell the client, no comment, no comment, and get the, just get them back to the office. If you can get them bail, get them back to the office, and then a solicitor would take over. Now, you can't do that today because you need to be legally uh, qualified yeah, you, to you, do it. Because obviously, Kelly, as you know, like my wife's a criminal solicitor, so yeah, she, yeah. she, she police station trained and stuff. Yeah. You have to have that accreditation, don't you, yeah. to be able to go. But you was doing that prior I was, to... I was doing, I was doing <laughs> it at 16. Wow. And when you, you know, some of the things that I was exposed to um, with, some of the, with some of the clients, yeah. it, you can imagine some of the cases that I covered. Wow, and some of the things I saw, which no 16-year-old should, yeah. you know, should have to see. But then I look back, was it a different world then? You know, we, you know, we, I think things certainly got, got let go uh, a lot sooner. Yeah. And it was, it was there then I decided that you know, this is definitely what I want to do. You know, the criminal law side of things definitely yeah. interested me. And so I would go back to do my A-levels. And that's when I went off to college in, uh, in Maidstone. And took a part-time job working for Tesco, yeah. and but it was it very quickly became that I was used to earning the money, most certainly, mm. and I needed to put money into the into, into the household as well, and the the shifts became more at Tesco, and it just became that I I couldn't continue down 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 that path, and so I had to go back into to paid employment. Uh, on, a, on a full-time basis. Had the like, looking back now, obviously you've had your journey and stuff. But is that? Do you look back now with any regret around that? Do you look at that and was a path that maybe you really wanted to take and maybe wish you had gone down that in some way? Or personally, I think we can dwell too much on stuff like that, mm. and that the. I'm sure it probably would have worked out. Maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. But I, I don't have any regrets around it. I did what I did. What I did. I chose the path that I chose, and I forged a life. Of it. And I've had a very, I've had a very good life, mm. sort of in doing that. It's you know, you you look back and sometimes you think, well, if I'd gone down that road, would I have met my wife? Yeah. You know, would I have had my kids? So I, I tend not to, to to dwell on that stuff too lot too mm. too much, and I think. Ultimately, that prob- that's probably why I ended up in therapy. Yeah. It's because I did just internalise it and just, you know, just uh, dealt with that. Let's move on. Yeah. So, yeah, because it might, like, 
and that's a great way, because like, I'm similar to that. I actually, with no regrets, of course, we can all look back and go, oh, if I had taken that path. Yeah. We, like you say, we never know if certain things potentially happen for a reason, and we're in the position. My, my sort of outlook has always been you do the best you can with what you've got at that time, yep. and that's the decision you make. Whether that was the right one there and then, we don't know, because we didn't go down that path. So, you, you, like you say, there's that, 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 that untrue. I mean... <laughs> You know, being married to a criminal solicitor, I think you probably took the right path, mate, if I'm being honest with you. She, <laughs> as much as she loves it, she will say, yeah, money is not great. Yep. And it's a tough industry now, certainly, to be yep. in. Like, it's completely changed to what it would have been back many years ago with, you know, budget cuts, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So a, a, a difficult thing. But so, so you've gone from that then and almost, I guess, not so much forced into it, but, you know, you, you had to... Like you said, you had to become an adult and provide, I mm. guess, for 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 your for your family, for your siblings and your mum, mm. and support them. And see, right, I've got to get out there now, and I've got to earn some more money. So, what's that next path? And then where does where I guess where does sort of telecom sort of come into it? When when does that? Well, telecoms comes into it a little bit, a little way, more sort of way way down the path, yeah. really, because what what happened from that part time job at Tesco was I knew that I needed to get into something sort of full time. And Sainsbury's were offering a trainee manager scheme, mm. and I thought, well, Tesco's experience, you know, let's 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 apply for that. Mm. It was kind of sales, although I did learn sort of down the line it wasn't sort of direct direct selling as I once thought it it was. Mm. And so I applied, and I was accepted. But my the, the job with Sainsbury's wasn't starting until the September in 1993, and my first posting was Brighton. So I lived up in I lived in Kent at the time, and so I went. I, I sort of got the job in the February of uh, of, of ninety three, and so I went to my local Sainsbury's to explain that I'd you know I'd got this trainee manager job starting in in the September, uh, in Brighton, but I needed a job in the meantime, and uh, local Sainsbury's took me on, and what I used that time for was to learn each and every department, um, and get as much knowledge as I could. Mm. So that when I did move to Brighton in September, my training should have been 18 months. I'd kind of learnt a majority of the stuff I needed, and so I managed to sort of fast-track that. Mm. And within eight months, I'd sort of passed my training manager, um, uh, ship or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Mm. And then I, uh, I was given my first department. And then for the next three and a half years, I worked for Sainsbury's, and eventually I finished up at a store over in Worthing uh, as, well, as one of the, as the, uh, the manager over there. Wow, I didn't. Yeah, this is one of the reasons I love. Like, obviously, one of the reasons I love doing the podcast and getting to know people more because it's stuff that people share their journey and their story, things that you wouldn't have a clue about. Like, I, I sit knowing you as being in telecoms for so long, and, yeah. and obviously running Rubik's now, and then, and it's great to find out where that whole journey sort of starts and and goes for. So, so, so managing Sainsbury's, and then what, what's the next stage? And after that, when do you, where do you? So I, I decided to, to to stop working for Sainsbury's in the um, in in the May of uh, where are we ninety six, mm. and I uh, I'd been down at the down down the seafront at the Fortune of War one day, and they were particularly busy, and I said that if they were ever short staffed, I wasn't particularly doing anything for the summer. I'd give them a hand. Two weeks later, the assistant manager called me, and I had a flat up in um, uh, Buckingham Road, up by, by the station. And uh, he called me and said, uh, oh, it's Neil from the Fortune of War. 
very surprised. I completely <laughs> forgot the conversation from two weeks ago. And he said, uh, you, you, know, you, you could work uh, if we needed it. We're short staffed tonight. It was a Thursday night. Are you free? I was like, yeah, go for it. Come down. And I, I got there and there was this young girl working behind the bar, just the two of us. And uh, she'd been pulled down from what was the, uh, the, the Nelly Peck, which I think is now called Molly Malone's um, oh, yeah, in, uh, in West Street. And she'd been pulled down to work there. So the two of us started working, got on really well. And it's our 25th wedding anniversary this June. Wow. So wow. That's, how we, uh, that's how we met. And as we say, think, uh, things happen for, for a reason. Things happen for a reason, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and then it, from, from, from there, and you know, sort of doing a couple of stints at a pub, yeah. And uh, I then went into recruitment, uh, finally, working for Brook Street. Right. So that first based... company you, you went and set up in, in London? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they, um, I, I took a job with them uh, based in uh, just off Churchill Square right. uh, yeah. when, when, the, when they were there. So and I set up the, uh, set up the sales and IT uh, department there because mm. I could see there was definitely a need at that stage. And it was very much sort of secretarial admin office. Mm -hmm office sort of role yeah. and within 11 months I was looking for staff for a telecoms company based over in New Haven and they asked if I'd be interested in joining them uh, I, I pushed it back at first because I was doing quite well in the recruitment game yeah. pushed it back at first uh, but then decided to accept a role and started with them in 1998 wow. that was my first telecoms job first telecom. And then, um, where where along this line and like in this period, where, where's your mindset at in regards to like, starting your own business? Was, was there something ignited? Like, you mentioned back at school, you know, I'd done little bits and pieces and mm. other things. There was maybe something always underlying, but going on that career path as you had done was. Where, when was the point where that started to ignite? Where you sort of, think, I'm, I'm going to do. It. Was it when you got into telecoms that you sort of think? Actually, I could maybe do something like this and, and money. Or before then, tell me about that. Yeah, I think within within a couple of years of being in telecoms, it's something that I wanted to. I could see myself doing mm. as as my own business. Uh, equally, at that stage, you know, we we'd had our first um, we'd had our first child as well, mm. and ultimately, you know, comes comes expense with uh, with, with, <laughs> with the kids uh, and so on, and the. It was, it, it was something that I definitely wanted to do. And I did briefly, uh, I, I subsequently joined my second sort of telecoms company. And then I, I did briefly jump out of that to start a business with somebody else. Right. And uh, the wrong person, to I be think. fair. Uh, it, it, wasn't, um, it, it wasn't right to be in business with, um, with, with them, um, for, for me anyway. How long was that business for? When, how long did you do that? I was involved with with him for I would say about eight to nine months, and um, whilst it was quite successful in its very its, its infancy, yeah. uh, money was being taken out of the business that I wasn't wasn't aware of. So um, he was very much the financial side of things, yeah. and I was sales because that's you know, that, that 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 was my. That was my bag. Yeah. So it's, um, uh, but it, yeah, it all came to a head, and I, um, I, I realised sort of what was going on and the character I was working with. So I, um, I, I moved, moved on, and just went back into, went back into paid employment, right. uh, still in telecoms. Yeah. 
what so, so, so at that period what was that, that, I mean how do you feel about that now like looking back at that like what, do, you, do you view that as a that, that experience I guess that eight months of we sort of talked a little bit offline about it like that sometimes you see them sort of things and we jump in two mm -hmm. feet sometimes that, that looks like a great thing has that held you in good stead like due diligence wise now sort of moving forward looking into that going I'll jump did you maybe jump in a little bit two foot on that one to I think post post that period yeah. and uh, a few years later when, uh, which I'm sure we'll come on to when I I sort of started another telecoms company mm. is that I've when I look back I've been quite naive mm. and I've trusted too many people yeah. uh, along the way uh, quite foolishly I've let I've let them uh, you know they, they do sometimes say don't they that salespeople are the easiest people to sell to <laughs> yeah. and I think I've, I've certainly I've certainly had a job done on me mm. um, a couple of times yeah. uh, with, with people I've trusted too much and just just looked at it with rose tinted glasses, yeah. and I think that's certainly something with Rubik's over the last two and a half years. You know, I've I've grown up very very fast. Yeah. So it's uh, that's really I, I, it's fascinating to hear you talk like that because I, I I think we're I feel listening to you talk in that way I feel quite similar in that because I'm very similar to you like. Mm. I, Believe in the good in people. Yeah, trust people probably yeah. more than I should. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, you do get that feeling. Some within the business community. I mean, we've got an amazing community here. There's no question about it. But you, there's still the, the, and when money's on the table and when things you end up finding a lot out about people, don't you? Yes. And the people you can trust and the people you can't. Yeah. And I think um, it's it's a it's a really Difficult thing because I feel like that a few times. I think in my my journeys, where you, naive is probably a good word to describe it. It's just it's just because of how you are as an individual, I guess, and that's what. But it's interesting saying that you've sort of learnt from that, I guess, from from those experiences. And do, I mean, do you view those as 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 failures? How do you view those two businesses that? Well, I mean, ultimately, both both those um, both those businesses went on to fail. Mm. Uh, but but do I, do I see that as a personal failure? I see them as lessons more than anything. Mm. You know, I've I've learned from them, and you know, I, I I think I said at the top of the show is that you know I, I tend not to have regrets. Mm. You know, I try and use them as a, okay, you know, let's move on. We'll put you know put that mm. over there. Um, but I I guess it, I do perhaps with that first business because of. Knowing now the experience that I have within this industry, mm. knowing what that business could have been, yeah. if only the person that I was working with hadn't been so greedy, yeah. you know, we, we really could have actually turned that into something quite special. Yeah. So, but hey, look, life life moves on, right? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. It's great that actually again talk about that. Like like you said, we talk openly about failure. I talk about it on here a lot, and I think that. It's, it's that narrative around it. It's like you said, it's more of a... I think that the best quote so far from from all the series is a guy called Steve Salis come on and he said, there's no failure, there's only feedback. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Yeah. Like for me, I think that we do, ultimately, we want to learn from those experiences, yeah. whatever they are, good or bad, but they have experiences. Yeah. And you take what you can out of that and yeah. and, and learn and you, and you sort of move on. And But I guess from, from a mindset point, so after that eight-month period, thinking... Oh, I've got to go back into back into employment. What 
I guess what, because now we probably talk about it in the way that you say, maybe we're unemployable now as entrepreneurs, yeah. business owners, we get to that stage yeah. sometimes, yeah. don't we? You go, I've always been the case, if ever I needed to put food on the table, I'd go, of course you go and work and you do that yeah. for your family. But once that's ignited in you, that that first business opportunity, or it's not worked out for whatever, for them reasons you mentioned, and then you've gone back in, was that then ignited then? Why? Just looking for that next opportunity or? No, I think I, I actually took a, a bit of a knock Really? At, that, at that time confidence wise confidence wise yeah, yeah very yeah. very much so and to the point where I didn't even know if I wanted to be in telecoms anymore right. um, but ultimately you can't sit around feeling sorry for yourself mm-hmm. and like you say you've got to put food on the table you know young family and all that there mm. and it, what I I think what, looking back now what I did definitely know at that point is I certainly wasn't ready to start my own thing mm. and partly because I had no funding um, to, 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 to do that and so I needed to go back into paid employment yeah. so and you then look and go well what do I know oh, it's it's telecoms yeah. you know or it's recruitment or it's so you you know you're going you you're already on that path yeah. so and I ended up going back and working for another telecoms company based up in North London yeah. so because I think that equally that helped me sort of distance myself from uh, from, from sort of Sussex yeah so which I guess, you know, from, just from a mindset point, what you possibly needed at that time, a fresh start and go, right, I'll come out of the, the area. So, and how long did that business carry on for until it didn't work? Like when you come out of it after the eight months, did it carry on for a long period or did that is that when it stopped? It was about two to three months after. Oh, really? Because he, he ended up um, uh, borrowing quite a bit of cash off what was meant to be a friend of his wow. and just completely disappeared. And I've not heard from him since that day. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, so so yeah, it didn't didn't last uh, didn't last very long. And then, and then okay, so let's let's then move us. You now, yeah, you're in North London, and you're, Mm -hmm. you know, working for another telecoms company, building up that more experience. When does that next opportunity come around? How long before that, that next business opportunity? So working for those guys, and I'd been there a good sort of 18 months. Um, yeah, it would, would have been about 18 months at the time. And we were running um, some maintenance, so some support stuff for, for a couple of other telecoms companies. Mm. And one of those companies was based in, uh, based in Kent. And uh, had a conversation with the, uh, the owner director there one day and quite liked the, 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 look, the look of the company and the outfit and, and what was being offered for me to go in as their, their sales manager. So I'd had sort of quite a bit of telco experience by, by this stage. Mm. And so I eventually jumped ship and went over and joined, uh, went over and joined them. And that was in 2005. So January, tw- yeah, mm. January 2005, I, uh, I joined, uh, joined up with those guys and stayed there for six years. Mm. So that's really sort of where I guess I learned more about my sort of management style and yeah. sort of uh, sort of uh, leadership, if you want for yeah. want for a better phrase. And I guess like the, the, the skills, I, I know I, I've obviously done the article in SBT, which I've read through and, and you, we've shared and we spoke about stuff. And one of the things that you talk about quite a lot is actually 
within the business environment how much people buy from people yeah uh, and i know you're really passionate about something i'm obviously yeah. written on our, our, yeah. our thing up there and yeah. something that where we share very similar values in that sense and actually if you're a good person and when it comes to the sales perspective that's so key isn't it it is like, yeah lessons that you I, I, I guess where you are now those lessons learning from all those different sales roles i guess building those relationships is such a key key thing to learn, I guess. Yeah, it is. And I think that equally, that's where, you know, I, I have clients today that have have been with me for a very good number of years, mm. you know, that, that, that have followed me and still come to me and for sort of advice mm. on, on their comms. And so it's just, and it's about doing, doing the right job for them mm. uh, at the time. And it's, you know, it's, it's not all about, you know, earning that, that quick buck is it? Because yeah. that does, that doesn't work. That yeah. that doesn't. That, there's no longevity in that. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's definitely one hundred percent. I I agree, and I think that that and that's why this community is so amazing. I guess within Sussex, because it is all about building relationships isn't it? and people. Yeah. And we've got a lovely, a wonderful community here with so many amazing people that you you, you become friends with, as opposed to as well as just building. Building like you know business relationships is, is becomes friendship and, and that's where, like you say, I guess from your point of view, you, you've done that over the years, and hence you start Rubik's and people are still going to come. You're going to have clients there because people will trust you and know, like, and trust is key. You know? Yeah, and I think that's been the certainly within the Sussex business community mm. is that I've been on the I've been on that network scene for a, a good good number of years, <laughs> yeah, as, sure. as you know, and. But people have always sort of known me as, oh, it's Nick from, as in when I worked at worked at Focus, or yeah. it's Nick from when I worked elsewhere. Yeah. And the, I think starting Rubik's was a bit of a challenge in terms of, yep, yeah, this is now my own gig type thing. Yeah. Um, but I have to say thank you to a lot of the Sussex community as well, the business yeah. community, in that once they knew that it was truly my own thing, is that they've they've invested in me in terms of making sure that I've 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 won one business, I've won their business, yeah, and that, that that's been quite um, quite powerful, really. Because yeah. so. I, I, I guess it, it it's strange when you when you're that front man and you're a likable guy like you are, and you build relationships. <laughs> I suppose you go out even when you're wearing a a hat of another company it mm. can be seen as yours because you're passionate about what you do you yeah, go out and you want to deliver yep. and from now you're employing people i guess is that the type of people that you look to recruit people like yourself who are going to come on board and you know what you're you fit that culture for us because you're going to you're going to build relationships as i've built them yeah absolutely and it's you know that's that's always been one of my mantras that wherever i've worked whoever i've worked for mm. is i do the job to the best of my ability yeah, you know, I'm I'm doing the job, and I'm I'm there as their ambassador. Yeah. You know, that's what the so whoever I work for, it's that phrasing. It, you know, cut me in the middle, and I'd 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 read their name because that's who I that's who I was I was there for at that particular time. Yeah. And it's it is something that I've tried to take into Rubik's yeah. in the people that we take on board. So is that yeah. we are, you know, we are. It sounds like a cliche, but we you know we are. It, it's the Rubik's family, yeah. you know. And we've got, we've got some great people that work with us. Yeah. So. Love that, love that. And to, to just, I, I just want to touch on the, the second business. You said obviously we've, meant, we've 
talked about the first business, that second business, what went wrong with that? Where, where was, where does that come into it? And so that was, um, yeah, that was quite an interesting business. I so I was working with a company in Kent, mm. uh, say for sort of six six years, yeah. and decided it just got to the stage where I I needed to do my own thing. I needed to, and these two chaps came along. Um, who had been uh, involved in telecoms in a diff- slightly different way. They, they sort of did some recording, uh, sort of what we call sort of marketing on hold. And they, they'd had a successful business that uh, had not quite gone the right way eventually, mm. but they were sort of getting back in the game. And the timing was just sort of right for me to, to, to move on and do mm. that. And we, we set up and we started selling. I was bringing the, the, the telecoms arm, as in the, the phone system arm mm. uh, at, at that stage. And we were incorporating it with their, their marketing on hold. Uh, unbeknown to me in the background, uh, they'd actually, um, they actually had a lot of contracts from a different company that they'd been involved in mm. and that they shouldn't have been selling against. Mm. And it all came out of the wash very, very early. And I think I mean, literally within within about three months, oh. it, uh, it it came out, and it was kind of wow, and it all it very much did come to the, come to come to the head one day, and I resigned as a director. I knew I needed to run away from these two guys as fast as possible, and it comes back down to that being completely naive, trusting people again, yeah. and I but I knew that I had to I had to run away. And, because I guess when 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 you're in them position, what strikes me as well, we talk about your values as a person and stuff like that. And when when you're in that and you're in them position with the with the wrong people, both occasions you're looking at it again. This don't sit right with me, and this is not what it's about. Yeah. That comes down to integrity as you as an individual, doesn't it? Which speaks volumes, I think, pers- on a personal level. I think that speaks volumes about you, but. Talk to me about the financial side of it. Money was there money involved? This is you lose money on these ventures, or yeah, cer- certainly on the um, certainly on the second one, yeah, yeah. Um, I lost um, I, I lost money, and again, it just it it, it kicks your confidence yeah, sure. because you you know you really start to question yourself and some of the decisions that that you've you've mm-hmm. made, and it's while still having that, you've still got to provide yeah. ultimately, so. And we're, we're, well, like you said, it's just about to celebrate 25. Me and Kelly have been together a similar amount of mm-hmm. time. What, what was Claire's take on them, at them occasions where, because I'll I, I speak on a personal level for me. Like I know when things didn't work out at a salon, for example, and we lost money. And on a personal level, I felt I'd let them let her down. And she, you know, really supportive. But, uh, you know, we've been through tough times over the period where she's like, oh, What's next, or when? Why don't you just go and get a job, or go? And, you know what I mean? What, talk to me about that that sort of situation. And very, very similar conversations. Really, and you know, Claire has been wonderfully supportive. I mm. wouldn't have got to where I am today with without having her by mm. by my side. She's been very understanding, and one thing that sort of makes me laugh that she uh, she does sort of recount a if she can't sleep at night, she sometimes counts how many jobs I've had. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, and, it's, and it's true you know I've, I've had I have had quite a few jobs mm-hmm. it's um, but you don't know unless you try right yeah. so um, but no she's been wonderfully supportive mm-hmm. uh, but ultimately yes uh, we've had those conversations you just need to go and get you just need to go and get a job mm-hmm. so and what what um, 
when you when you approach her with R Rubik's, what, what's what's the conversation then? Well, I was working for a very toxic person yeah. at, at the time, and I'd I jumped out of a very secure job to to, to take this because yeah. there'd been sort of lots of promise of what what I was going to get out of yeah. it, and I was looking at my exit plan ultimately, not getting any younger. Yeah. Um, so I was looking at my exit plan, took this role. And that was in the October of 2019, mm. and it it certainly didn't 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 work out um, with, with the person I was I was working for. And a, what actually happened is when the pandemic hit, and we're obviously coming up towards the back end of March, mm. and he decided that he wanted to put everybody on furlough. It was the the perfect thing. For, for 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 me, mm. and uh, we, we we all got put on furlough. Um, albeit he did call me a couple of days later and say um, that although I was on furlough, I um, I wasn't uh, wasn't going to get away with it that easy, and I still needed to work. So him and I certainly had a separate conversation around <laughs> around that. And Rubik's was uh, you know as in a tele as in doing my own telecoms company was certainly the timing was most definitely right for me. At, at that point, I was in a much better place financially as well, mm -hmm. and headspace-wise, and it was just the it was the perfect time to to, to start something. Mm. So, the first of September, twenty twenty, um, we're you know mid 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 pandemic <laughs> lockdown one and all that there, and I'd had a couple of conversations with Claire, uh, albeit she was incredibly busy, so she didn't stop working all throughout, right. and so she's. Um, uh, she's a social, social worker by, yeah. uh, by, by, by trade, uh, hadn't stopped working. And she agreed that I should, yes, do my own thing. She, uh, her words were, well, you can't carry on where you are. You know, that, that's not going to be good, yeah. for, good, good for you at all. So you go for it. So I started Rubik's. And 1st of September 2020, I'd converted. We've got uh, like an outbuilding at the, uh, the back of the garden. I'd converted that into my office, and the sun was shining. It was all it was all good, and yeah, I managed to get my first couple of clients over the line, uh, which was which which was good. Uh, but what I also started to do at that time was <clears throat> what a lot of people were finding is that they're working at home now. The kids are at home. <clears throat> Everybody's on the main broadband. Excuse me. <clears throat> Everybody's on the main main broadband, and so there was a bit of a bottleneck. So what I started, I, I recognised this, and so what I started to do was su to supply that business grade break, business grade broadband into people's homes, but on no contract. So they could use it for as long as they wanted to. Um, I did that as near to cost as I possibly could uh, to try and provide a service. And I know lots of people did lots of other amazing stuff, yeah. mine a mere drop in the ocean. But it was it enabled people to the kids could then do their online schooling, watch their videos, but mum, dad, etc., could uh, could then work and have their teams and Zoom calls yeah. as uh, as everybody needed to uh, at that time. Uh, and that's where that's where Rubik's started, and we've still got a lot of those connections today because people have just carried them on. Mm. So it's uh, you know, as that sort of worked 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 quite well. We fast forward slightly through to the end of end of September, and uh, if you can picture the scene, 
I was in this garden office and I was given the opportunity to buy another telecoms company. Wow. Okay. So it was quite surreal, really. And I'd, it's something that I'd kind of had in the back of my head as a way to grow. Mm-hmm. So rather than just sort of growing organically, you know, what if I could at some stage buy another telecoms company? And I'd learned that from my days being at, being at, at, uh, at Focus. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, good shout out to Ralph Gilbert, to be fair, because he's been a, he's been a great mentor for me. Uh, Ralph and I know each other from back in Cavendish. Mm-hmm. So when we, we, we employed Ralph back then, and uh, and him and I sort of rubbed along together quite quite nicely. And, uh, so, but he he's been a great mentor in this last uh, last sort of two and a half three three years. Mm. And this opportunity came my way, and it was at the right price because I'd kind of given myself look, I've got money in the bank here for a year, so I yeah. can I can run this for a year, and you know, it's, uh, and I'm sure within a year I can I, I can do something with it. So the opportunity came my way to buy this company, and it was all done, or rather by the base of the company, not the company. It was all done relatively quickly. The deal, deal was done very, relatively quickly. And I remember walking into, uh, walking back into the house, it was a beautiful sunny day, uh, as it was during lockdown. It was, yeah, yeah very, summer, much so, very much so. And I walk, walk, walked, in, uh, walked into the, uh, the dining room, and Claire had just come down, she got an upstairs office, She'd just come down to grab some lunch and she took one look at me and she said, what have you done? And I said, what do you mean, what have I done? Mm. And she said, what have you done? I know you've done something. She'd just, t- she'd just tell me. She'd, I haven't got time for it. And I said, well, I may have just bought another company. <laughs> and she just looked at me and she went, what do you mean you may have just bought another company? I said, okay, I have just bought another company. And she was like, Oh my god! <laughs> and with that, she grabbed her lunch and went back up to her office. <laughs> <coughs> so, um, and that was really the start of Rubik's. So we bought these circa 150 clients from this company, uh, all telecoms based. Uh, a lot of sort of legacy, old legacy products that I've since been able to, do, or the team have since been able to transfer over onto sort of cloud hosted products, and. That was our, that was really our our start because we'd gone from the two or three clients that I'd I'd won <clears throat> from from September uh, that I engaged with from September through to now suddenly we'd we'd sort of had fifty had another hundred and fifty overnight but of course that then presents okay so how are we going to support these people mm. and, uh, and that's really where the the employment started uh, of uh, of Rubik's. I just wanted to say something about one of our sponsors, Plus X. I've been a member for over two years now, and the podcast studio here is the home to the County Business Talks podcast. Brighton is the perfect location to create, build, and grow a business with role models and inspiration at every turn. It's no wonder that this has become a hotbed of innovation and entrepreneurialism. So if you're building your future here on the South Coast, there's no better place than Plus X Brighton. Seven stories of cutting-edge space expertly designed to support all kinds of business, from newly started freelancers to large established corporates. With flexible, dynamic environment, ranging from co-working desks to private studios, their specialist facilities include a state-of-the-art prototyping workshop and media suites. They also maintain a community-focused event schedule and offer all kinds of business support programmes. 
Built for anyone who wants to make a change, PlusX has everything you need. Find out more at www.plusx.space. Okay, back to the episode. Wow, what? Like, what a job. I mean, there are a couple of things there I want to want to take out. One, one uh, you've had a couple of experiences in business that didn't work out, and then you go, right, I'm in a position where actually I'm ready to take that next jump and I'm ready to go again. I guess from a resilience point of view, like, just always got that, just strike me and listen to you talk, like, although confidence has been knocked, got that belief in yourself that oh, I can I can make this work. But to go from that to to situations, then a month into to Ruby's going, you know what, well, I'm going to buy another company. <laughs> yeah. Mate, that takes some... Uh, it, uh, it, it, it does. But, is it that, but does that come from just that underlying, just self... I guess people listening, I guess I'm keen for people listening who who may be struggling with a bit of confidence or just your living proof, I guess, of that. Just look, if you just believe in yourself and believe in what, you, what you're doing and those core values, you can achieve it. Yeah, 100%. And it's, you know, part, part of that came from, I know my industry, I know my industry well. Mm. And the... I, kn- I knew sort of what I was taking on by by buying that business. Mm. I knew that I could, you know, ultimately, yes, I'd, I'd need to recruit to, to service and, and support those clients. But I but I know the technology that sits behind it. Mm. And I have a passion for this industry as well. Mm. You know, I wouldn't have been in it so long if I, if, yeah. if I didn't, to be fair. And so it was, yes, it was a leap of faith as well. Of course it was. Mm. Um, but... Go big or go home, right? Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love, but that, that's that's for, for me really interesting because, like I say, I'm very very similar. Like, I'm, I I do believe in opportunities. I do believe life's an opportunity. You give things like you said. I've had you had so many jobs. I've had many businesses, many jobs, and different things. And I'm still friends now. Who I grow up with, and will still still go to me. Oh, what are you doing now, then, Sam? Like, what's what's next? Are what yep. you doing that? Yep. And that's the type of process. And Kelly the same. But you go. There's a part of me that you just think, well, actually, less life's an. I'd rather do that and go. Oh, it's not worked out, but I've, at least I've given it a go, and I know. Do you know what I mean? Rather than always wondering what, what if, or do you know what I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, that equally that you know, comes with that is that you, uh, we need to be semi-sensible, and I don't think perhaps either of us could do this without having the the, the grounding of a good partner behind us 100%. as well. Um, that she does does keep me in check when I when I when I need to be. Although I'm, I know she finds it difficult. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> when she walks down for a sandwich and go, what have you? Exactly. I've just bought. It's only lunch I just bought another business. Yeah. <laughs> I love that stuff. So. Wow. Okay. Well, um, so then, then, then talking about the, then the growth. So that's the I guess the catalyst. You you started Rubik's now. You've You've gone in, bought another business, and then because the growth over the last couple of years has been phenomenal for you guys. But to, talk to me about that process, growing that quickly. Like, what does what does that look like, and some of the insights into that, and the team? Like you said, I guess the first point of call. I've got all these clients. I've got. A, did the team come with the company you built, or did you recruit right from the start? No, I had to recruit from 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 the start. Um, but I think that, uh, or I know that that then did present issues further down the line. Hmm. 
because I always had this underlying thing of, you know, I am I am the salesperson for this this business. Mm. I need to be out there bringing business in through through the door. And yes, we can. You know, we've just bought a business. There's a certain amount that comes with that. But I still had this fear that unless I was out there selling uh, and, and bringing that business through the door, then we wouldn't be able to to, to, to feed everybody. Mm. So, what that did, and again, lessons learned. What that did is, I started to recruit and started to recruit quite heavily. And you know, we went from, if you can imagine, we went from me on the first of September, just being responsible for myself. Mm to very quickly we had 23 staff wow by, by how long but by, so by that after you bought that by so we 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 fast we fast forward a bit um by by july of 2021 we had it would have been july 2021 we had 23 staff wow and that presented problems mm-hmm. Uh, financially aside, mm. and, and what and what, uh, what what our wage bill was at that point, it it, it presented problems. And it, my 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 sole idea was that by bringing these people on board to a service the clients and grow us and so on and so forth, is that it would free my time up to be out there doing what I do best, yeah. and that's you know people buying buying communications uh, platforms from me. It had the adverse effect. It, it ended up tying me to the business, and it, it it got to this day where we had a meeting room in our office uh, where, where we were at the time, and all of our operation meetings used to take place on a Tuesday, mm. and I would I would generally get in that room by about half eight, nine a.m. on a Tuesday morning, and I sometimes wouldn't come out until half five six o'clock, and it just got to this point one day, Sam, where. I, what am I doing? What am I doing? Mm. We're not, I'm not running ICI here. You know, I'm not running Facebook or Google. <laughs> you know, I have a very, very small telecoms company. And it, things had to change. Things had to change financially as well. Mm. Yes, we were bringing business through the door. Uh, I'd completed another um, acquisition of a, uh, uh, another company, uh, another base buy, uh, albeit a, a, a much a much smaller one um, within within that time period as well, and it just it, it was becoming too too much of a headache. So things had to change because, in fairness, some of the people that we had, we definitely weren't right for them, mm. and and some of those people weren't weren't right for us either. So we we had to make we we went through. I, um, we went through quite a major sort of restructure um, mm. of uh, 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 of staff. Mm. Um, we also moved premises um, at the end at the end of that year as well, uh, end of twenty one, and we we ended up having to go through quite a major restructure. Mm. So it's uh, which has worked. Everybody that that left us has, has ended up in uh, or did end up in in gainful employment, sort of mm. elsewhere, because uh, that was and that was hard. That was yeah. very hard because I, I didn't want to put anybody out out out, out of a job, mm. and it's uh, that, that 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 was very 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 hard uh, to to do. Yeah, uh, and, and and I guess like, but but ultimately, 
you're in this now and, and running that business you like you said sometimes we have to take ourselves out of it to look at the the, the bigger picture and to do what's right because you've got to do what's right for you and your family and and the business as a whole and mm. no one's going to have a job if you go bust and, and you've got to make sometimes and that's yeah. the, the difference why not everyone potentially can run their own business because there are some really really tough decisions that need to be made along that, that line but I guess I'm really keen then to that, tap into the, the, the culture piece around, around Rubik's and what you because of the lessons you'd learnt with the amount of experience you've got over the years, did you have quite a clear vision of what you, how you wanted Rubik's to be from a culture point of view, like with your own core values and what did, was that quite clear from the start in your head? Do you think or very much so? From when we when we started to recruit, hmm. um, you know, I, I didn't want any of this. I, did, I certainly didn't want a hierarchy. Um, I didn't want any of the sort of political drama that that that, that goes with it, hmm. and. It was also to, to have very much an understanding that everybody that works for the business also has a separate life. Mm. You know, they have partners, they have children, they have things outside, and that you know, work, work is not the be all and end all. Mm. Is that so? We needed to have a certain amount of fun as well. Perhaps too much fun sometimes. <laughs> and, but again, that's that's another lesson that I've that I've learned. Mm. I think I've. At times, I've been too far, um, uh, too too relaxed, mm. and, and let too much go. Uh, but again, that's all been part of my growing up mm. over these last sort of two and a half years. And it does feel that we've. Uh, I'm going sl- slightly off off topic now, I guess. But it, it 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 does feel that you know when a business starts, you know it starts very much as a as a newborn baby, mm. and grows up through those sort of toddler years, teenage, and so on. I sometimes look back and think we were born on the 1st of September and by the end of October we were going into young adulthood <laughs> and it, it's it, it's mad it's, it's absolutely mad uh, but I've, I've I've taken a lot of lessons along yeah. the way yeah. and, you know, talk to you about some of them give, give me over that because like you say it's phenomenal really this sort of you know, what we nearly what about three years coming up to three years ago, September. Three, three years of September. September. So not even yeah. three years yet. But talk to me about some of them lessons then that you you've taken out of that that growth period and and, and I think with some of the people that we had, uh, there was perhaps too much trust given, mm. and so that that's certainly one certainly one lesson mm. is the is also that it, there's been. You know, there, there, there's been that odd occasion, certainly in the early days, where I kind of got a bit too confident in thinking, because we'd had very early, quick success, mm. I kind of got a bit too, oh, I've cracked it. Mm. I've got the secrets of success here. You know, yeah. this is going to be easy. And whilst I, I didn't perhaps take my foot off the gas in terms of bringing new business through the door, mm. it was, I did perhaps take my eye off the ball. And what was actually happening within the business? I mean, I fully take it all on the chin. Mm. I fully take every decision that was made uh, on the chin. Ultimately, I, I was sat there and I said, "Yes, let's do it." Mm. Um, so I've learned learned from that. But it's also <clears throat> I've now taken away from a lot of that is to just have a bit of reflection time before mm. a decision is now made. Yeah. So 
that's brilliant. Uh, again, we, we, it's almost repeating what, what we spoke about, but over that, uh, and that's part of the journey of, of of growing up as an adult, but growing up as a business owner and all them things, all those bits that come out of it. Again, back to the point of us both seeing these shiny things over here and going, yeah, 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 that looks great, and we're jumping in. Whereas actually, because you've been burnt a couple of times, because of lessons that you've learned, you do look at those things and go, hang on a minute, I do need to take that time. And, and that that's such a massive, for me, that's a massive lesson. Something I'm still guilty of myself, I'm still trying to check in with myself sometimes to do that, because someone gives me an option, I'm like, yeah, that's brilliant, I love that. I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm a yes man, so I'm in, of course. Yeah. And trying to learn a, a, a good mutual friend of ours I spoke to the other day and he, he said you've got to learn the power of no <laughs> I think yeah. uh, I'm, I'm trying to learn that I'm trying to learn that yeah and, that, 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 and that's quite important and particularly for because I am also about giving back yeah, a know, lot yeah, where, yeah. where I can mm. you know I, I, I'm very much a believer in that we should, we should give back mm. uh, you know that I support a number of charities as, as, yeah, as, as we do, both yeah. do and you know lots of our sponsorship and I am I have been guilty of saying yes too quick, yeah. too often, yeah. of, yeah, we'll do that, yeah, we'll do that. That's oh, a great cause, yeah, we'll do that. And ultimately, we we, we can't say yes to everything. Yeah. So I'm becoming, <clears throat> I'm learning, or have learned certainly yeah. over the last 18 months, uh, and more recently, is that yeah, there's, yeah. we do sometimes have to say no. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not because we don't believe in the cause. Or, it's not because you don't want to, yeah, do. and it's not because you don't want to help or you don't want to support yeah. and do everything. But actually, you've got to run a business still. You've yeah. got, and that business has still got to make money so that you yeah. can support. And Absolutely. Give, I think, Tim Cobb, I was on here talking to Tim Cobb uh, a while back in his episode come out recently. But he, he said exactly that. He said, like, it's great to support all these causes, but do it when you're in a position to yes. do it. And not, yeah. not necessarily just ah oh, this because if you've got a big heart and you want to support these things, that's great. What a, a really admirable. But actually, if you're not looking after the business and you're doing all them things, hopefully that business might not be there in a few years to be able to support. Yeah, them. absolutely. I think that's a, yeah. a really key takeaway that certainly from from me listening to you. But I'm still then let, let's just still delve around that sort of again. So sort of grand with that amount of stuff. So then, sort of reducing the number of staff that you had, and because you, you're at the Sussex Innovation Centre now, that's that's up, where we're based up, now. Up the, yeah, based now. Yeah, because I've come up to the thing, and and a slightly smaller team. But then, the, it does seem like obviously just getting to know some of the staff there and coming into that environment. When we obviously done the photo shoot and stuff, that you talk about family. That that that's the type of impression I got walking into there. Like, and 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 to talk to me about that, I guess. From a culture point of view, how does you talk about family and what you've sort of created there? Is there any? I, I don't know. I'm just, I guess, you're speaking out loud. But is there anything from? I guess we delved into you, your growing up and that sort of family environment. Is this? Is that why it's so important to you to create that family environment within the business world? Do you think? Or I think that's that's probably part of it. Of it yeah, yeah. Um, it's. It's also about trying to create that environment where we, yes, it's work, mm. and you know, and, and we all have to do it in, in whatever guise we do it in. Mm. Um, but but we can also have a lot of fun whilst 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 we do it. Mm. And the team that we have today are fantastic. They really are. They they are family. Mm. You know, so something happens to one of them. You know, we're 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 all there to to, to back up and support them. Mm. It's 
it it might be my name on the door, mm. but we are all colleagues. Mm-hmm. You know, we all very much work together. We all muck in. We all do what's needed to to be done. Mm. It's um, it's I'm I'm certainly not the um, I'm certainly not the boss. Put it that <laughs> yeah. way. So. But because uh, li- listening to. T- you talk again, and I, something I found I really struggled with, certainly at the salon, less so now, I think, and I learned from it, but at the salon, I, you, you, as a leader, you've got to lead, and, you, and you, you've got to make the tough decisions yeah. sometimes, but because you're a nice person, you want to sort of be friends with everyone, and th- do you find that balance quite difficult to achieve like I, I did at the salon I found that really difficult to go and I, probably the reason it failed is because I, I wasn't myself and I wasn't the person who I am usually so I tried to be this boss and that's where the culture went completely wrong because I was someone that I wasn't mm. how do you, do, you, do you get that balance right? I, I learnt that many many years ago I think from um, so, so taking my first sort of management role within telecoms, mm. I learned learned that because I I made that mistake of trying to be everybody's friend, mm. and you know whether it be going out with them or they you know them needing time off for this or for that, you say yeah you do it yeah it's fine, and but you you can't be there needs to be that demarcation point, mm. and sometimes you do have to be unpopular, mm. uh, but you don't need to be nasty with it, yeah. you know yeah, you yeah. can. Uh, you, what is it? You can say it with a smile on your face, but you yeah. can. It's. But my team know that you know I am completely and utterly approachable. Mm. You know, nothing is off the table. Because even in the office, it's not like you you, you sort of open planning your office, yeah, isn't it? Like yeah, everyone, everyone sits yeah. next to each other; they yeah. can just come over and chat to you. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we we're, we're, we're completely open plan. Yeah. Um, there's no what is it, closed doors policies or or any of that. Mm. It's um, but we all just. It's just a really nice grown-up team. Yeah. You know, it's um, every, everybody knows their job, everybody does their job, and yes, there's times when people need to, you know, need need to step out, but we understand that. Yeah. You know, we we all have families, we all have stuff that we need to go and do, right? Yeah. So, but what I find is by giving people the freedom and flexibility to do that, yeah. that it pays dividends. Yeah. Is probably because they're the right people. They're the right team, and but but they know that there's there's no fear. Yeah. They know that if they need to go and do something, they can do it without that. Oh, what what's Nick going to say? Type thing. It's one, one thing like a thread that I'm sort of taken out of them from a lot of the conversation is listening to to you talk about how you've been when you've been employed by people, mm. and you're going to be an ambassador and the best. And the question I asked earlier about is that what you look for when you recruit and that now listening to you talk seems like they're the people you have recruited that you yeah. believe like I, I was at an event the other day and you wasn't you you was away I think and Phoenix was there sure. as an ambassador for Rubik's yep. and people now know Phoenix as part of Rubik and she was there like you said as a great ambassador for you and I yeah. can say that from sitting chatting to her and she she was great and were speaking to people and entertaining clients whatever but as an and so I think that's such a great thing when you talk about culture and how you've what you seem to have created there certainly is you've got them ambassadors like people had when you worked for them you you've started to get those people who are, who are there for you and yeah and that's a difficult balance to get isn't it because yeah. it's not their business and never going to see it and it's not 
you know, you steal your name above the door, you're still the one that's got the risk on the table, all them things. But ultimately, you've created an environment, hopefully, where they still believe in you and they believe in that product and they believe what they're doing and they're part of that. Yeah, and I th- equally, I think that, you know, I'm a great believer in sort of the universe and all of that. Mm. And that, you know, like, like attracts like. Mm. But you just, you treat people how you want to be treated. Yeah. And you follow that sort of mantra, then you're not going to go too far wrong, are you? Yeah. It's, um, yes, there might be some odd ones come along at some point. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. but you know, but then that's that's the great thing with having a strong culture, isn't it? Because you find them people out straight away. It doesn't mean that they're bad people. Not at all. It, it just means yeah. that actually you're not right for our culture, so you're going to be better off in a culture over there. And we wish you all the best. That that's Completely. the. And I think that's it. When when you're adamant and you go, oh, and that's the that's why I always talk about culture because I know that's why. I, my gut feeling, my high and my heart is that's why the salon didn't work because I got that culture wrong, mm-hmm. and it's the bloodline of a business, isn't it? If you can get that strong culture right, it, it when you grow, whatever, whether you've got, and I'm sure it has to change at a point where you go from five staff to twenty staff to two hundred staff. Mm-hmm. Maybe that looks slightly different, mm-hmm. but if you've got a strong value there, you can still keep that and you can grow in that. That method, I guess, what you're sort of saying, which, yeah, which is which is key, mate. That's interesting. And and what just touch on there with, with the you say about allowing the staff to, you know, they it's not just about work; it's about the home. Where, where does the work life balance fit for you as a business owner and pressures that come with running a business and growing it? Obviously, you've got a family and stuff. How does that? How do you do that? Are you able to switch off? Do you? I don't think I, I'll ever be able to truly switch off, and I, you know, I'm not one for, 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 for sitting on a beach or sitting around a pool for, yeah. for too long, and and that that's a concern for sort of down the line really as to you know what happens because I, I could never see myself not doing anything, mm. and uh, I'm I'm always active and doing doing something, mm. um, but I. My, my switch off, I guess, comes with spending time with people and, you know, relaxing, whether it's, you know, we're all going out for a nice meal mm. or, you know, or there's people coming around the house, that type of thing. Yeah. I'm spending time with friends and family. Mm. That's my, my sort of switch off. Um, am I able to ever turn my phone off? No. <laughs> um, you know, d- does, my, does my laptop still come on holiday with me? Yes. Uh, but those incidences of me working as much um, when being away have certainly changed, mm. and that's not just in the last last um, two and a half three years. Mm. You know, one thing that's always um, uh, irked Claire, shall I say, is coming back to that work in front of people and being their ambassador. Mm. Is I've always been available. I've always had my phone with me. I've always had my emails with me or my laptop with me, uh, and will always respond because mm. I see it as a responsibility. So, but that. Um, that's certainly certainly with my own gig now. It, it, I am finding I'm able to have more away time mm. from for, from working. But again, it comes back to the team. Yeah. I have complete and utter trust in the team that I have, mm. and I just know that they they will do the right thing. Yeah. That's that's incredible. I, look, I don't. I think actually that, that, that there's quite there's such a blurred line between that work life balance scenario that we talk about. And I, I mention it on here a lot, but it, there is that. Actually, when you love what you do, 
is it okay to still be involved? Because that's your, part of your life, isn't it? It's not that yeah. that's over there, and that's that, uh, it's all part of that whole. Especially when it's your own business, it's all part of the bubble. Rob, our good friend Rob, Rob Star, we mm. both know really well. He, he talks about it really well. Like he describes it as you know. Actually, I've got my work-life balance perfect because my life is this, yep. and work's involved in that, and my kids are involved in that. Yep. My writing, my swimming, the challenges I do, the charity, all of them things are all part of this big bubble. This all, life, it's all not part the, of the circle. That's over there, and, and I thought that was a great way, and it really, that really sat well with me actually when he described it in yeah. that way. And as you, as you, as you are now, like I will take my laptop on holiday because it's part of. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't. Yeah. doesn't mean that I can't switch off, and I'm just dedicated. And when you love it, and you love what you do, and you believe in what you're doing, and it's, yeah. it's okay to have that. Yeah, and, it, and it, it, it does work. And equally, you know, we the, the team are very much involved in everything that we do. Mm. So the events that we put on, you know, the team yeah. will the team or certain members of the team will come to. Yeah. You know, we mix it up a bit. Yeah. Um, we have a uh, we've got a cognac tasting that we're doing tonight. Very nice um, down at uh, down at Hotel Duvan. <laughs> so, which uh, it's but again, you know, the whole team are involved in in us doing that. Yeah. So we do do some really nice stuff. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, look, as, as always, I want to, I just want to talk about, the reason I love doing this so much, and I love the stories, and I love listening to people's journeys, and we look at, obviously, where you sort of start, and we, with any story, and, you know, where, where you've been, and, and obviously where you sort of go in, and with, with all those, with, you know, with, with the Nick Pointer story and the journey, what, uh, talk to me about what success looks like to you, and how, how do you define success? Looking at all those, where you've been, where you are now, where you're going, where does success? How do you define that? So, I guess when I started Rubik's, the the, the ultimate plan was that I'm going to do this for three to five years, build it up, and then then sell it on and sail off into the sunset. Well, A, I could never sail off into the sunset. Um, and I guess that's why I started Rubik's in the first place, was because of my exit plan. You know, not getting any younger, what does it look like? What's changed over the last two and a half, nearly three years, is I'm actually having a lot of fun in, in what I'm doing. A, yes, we've got some great people around us. We've got some fantastic clients. And, you know, I've got various different mentors. Uh, you being one of them, Sam, you and I will talk. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, uh, you're, you're part. You're part of the Rubik's family as much yeah, as yeah. as much as the next uh, the next person. It's so. What's changed is I'm having a lot of fun, and what I would hope for in the few years to come is that I don't actually walk away and sell Rubik's at all. I think I'm looking for the right people that will come in and ultimately manage it for me. Uh, and for us, for them to be part of it, mm. and that that just enables me to still be involved, and still do the stuff that that I do, but with more of an emphasis on I want to get more involved in in the charity sort of aspect, mm. and and that's really where I see my time being spent, not sitting on a beach somewhere, is that I'm involved in either a another charity, or I start my own charity type um, type type gig yeah. and, and and work work on that and, and build that up so that's that's very important to me coming back around to that just that giving back yeah. and, uh, and doing something 
That's so, that's, mate, I love that. And I think, like, getting to know you as I have, you are very, you know, especially from the rock and all side of things, I know how much you support them and I know how much that obviously means to me personally, which is which is amazing. But um, And you are all very, always forthcoming with, with your support even when you can, which is, which is incredible. But it's lovely to see that that change because I, I guess at the start of that journey for, with Rubik's, with a vision of I'm going to get this to five years, so mainly I, I'm assuming around a financial goal because you go, I'll yep. get to that point, there's an exit, I've got a good few quid in the bank, I'm happy. Yep. Because I posted very recently about the definition of how I define success and not actually based around that financial goal, but about the relationships you've built and, and over the period. And, and what's amazing listening to you talk about that and describe it in a really great way, actually, I don't want that. Don't be wrong. Of course, we want to, we've got to make money to, mm-hmm. for a business to survive, to be able to give things back, etc. And and you know, there's nothing wrong with making profits. And make, of course, that's why we're in yeah. business. But actually, the narrative changing and going, oh, what, why would I want to just sell it when I, I'm loving building this business and continue to build it? And like you said, continuing to build this family, not just within the Rubik's people that work for you but the community that you're building around that with you know like, like you said yourself and people like Ryan and, and other people like that within that that that, that environment you just think what, a, what an amazing space to be in because that's actually ultimately what we're here for isn't it yeah absolutely Build relationships and, completely and, and completely because it's, it's the purpose actually that we it's the purpose that we we, we, we actually thrive on and what we need I've spoke about it a couple of times about Kevin Byrne like, selling Checker Trade and mm. going in a really dark time because he loved that business. Yeah. And he sold it and he didn't really want to sell it. Because yeah. what, what's, what's next then? Because when you're like we are, always going to be thinking of ideas, always want to be involved in yep. something. Am I ever going to pack up and go home and go, oh. No, no, no um, most certainly not. I mean, the uh, one thing that uh, I am. Uh, about to launch uh, is well, we're, we're launching it uh, on the twelfth of June. So if this goes out before the twelfth of June, <laughs> yeah. then you've got a bit of uh, uh, sorry. Exclusive. I, we're launching on the fifteenth of June. <laughs> if uh, so, this is launched before the fifteenth of June, then uh, yeah, you've got a bit bit of a uh, heads up. So w- one thing I've uh, I've I've sort of seen within within telecoms mm. is that we. You know, our, our, our sweet spot for a client is what we call between 20 and 50 users. So 20 or 50, 20 to 50 staff. Yeah. Uh, it's nice business to be involved in. It's very easy to deploy. And you tend not to get too many support sort of uh, issues that, that come up that come up with it. On the other side of things is that there's, there's lots of smaller businesses than that that don't even realise that they perhaps need a phone system or think that a phone system is is, is too expensive. We've, we've got our mobiles, we'll, we'll use those. And they're perfectly fine. Yes, you can use your mobile to, to, to make, and, make and take a call, of course. What our platform enables us to do is we can operate from just one, one user. We can give you your local number, your 01273 number or your 01903 number, or it might be Sam that you have your business based in uh, based in Sussex in in Brighton, 
but you also want it that you, you want to put out an Eastbourne number, an 01323. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you were a trades tradesperson, that might be ideal for you. So came up with this idea of there's an opportunity for um, this platform that can be really scaled back at a relatively low entry cost to go out to that particular market. Mm. So I'm launching a new brand on the 15th of June, and it's called Go Giraffe. Nice. What you're going to start to see um, between now and and then is initially giraffes just popping up um, with no explanation. And we've got a campaign that's going out on global radio and um, we're with those guys on Thursday, just finalising the, uh, the, the the process for that, yeah. and where, when that when where that starts and which which stations it's going out on. Um, so we're starting at Sussex base to start with. We're going to have uh, giraffes on buses going around Brighton and Hove, and as far down to Worthing and Eastbourne and along along that way. And it's going to have that annoying theme tune. <laughs> so, um, the with soft toys and uh, uh, and all sorts, uh, because I feel that there's equally a way that we can help these startup and particularly very small businesses mm-hmm. to help them communicate a lot better and giving them the the power of a telephone system, but without them having to pay for um, for uh, a, a complete complete solution. So being very menu-driven, they can just take the parts that they that they actually need. Wow. So. Love that. Love that. So watch out for some giraffes. Watch out for some <laughs> giraffes. Yeah. So. Mate, that's bullet. <laughs> and actually, you're right. Like, even I look at, we, we should obviously have a chat about this offline, I guess. But, uh, but like, from Fernball's point of view, you know, we've grown, we're in loads of different places all mm. around the country, London, Manchester, etc. But actually, I do still use my mobile and everything come filters through yep. that. But actually, how ideal would it be to have a centralised number? That C- centralised yeah. number, but also it's you, we're giving the we'll be able to give you the or we can give you the ability to have your phone system on your mobile. So you only need the one phone. You don't need to have a desk phone here and a desk phone there. So just via our mobile app, that gives you your your phone system. You see, you can still use your mobile for making your personal private calls, but then via the mobile app, you make your calls via there for your business. Equally, any call that comes in, you're gonna be be able to identify where it's coming from. So if you wanted to run different campaigns for different numbers, that type of thing, you can have those calls recorded. You can get all your management information reports should you need them. Love it. Love it. So watch this space. Watch this space. Mate, how exciting. That's really, and all that sort of answers a little bit of my, my final question before we come into the quick fire one. So I guess with what, what the future holds. So other than that, obviously, continue to grow Rubik's, go giraffe. What, what, what does the next few, few years involve with that with you? I think really coming back around to what we said is that you know get 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 this next brand off the um, yeah. off, off the uh, off the table, and we are looking at another two acquisitions. So we've completed four to date since first September twenty twenty, wow. um, which is quite crazy in itself. <laughs> um, we have another two currently going through, and again pu- purely telecoms based that add mm. clients into Rubik's. But I think just bringing it full circle as to, you know, as to what we said is that it, it then enables me 
and gives me the opportunity to go off and I, and do what I really want to do that that passion of being involved in a charity mm. somehow yeah so it's yeah. uh mate fantastic look it's such a brilliant conversation I've loved Love chatting to you, and as I knew it would be, like I said, we, I think in a back on a, on a way back from the best of British, we we almost recorded a podcast, didn't we? Just sitting there chatting away, and I was we like, did. "Mate, I can't wait to go." Yeah. I'm really glad that we we, we got here. I uh, just before we jump into the quick fire questions, because I've changed a couple of them. Just one because I know obviously there was a couple that you answered previously in in the, in the magazine, and there was one I just wanted to touch on where you you. It was asked. I, I always ask this, and I said, oh, what, "What advice would you give to your teenage self?" And you answered it in the in the um, in the magazine, saying, "I'd start start my own gig." I just I'm keen to just just tap into that a little bit and go with the experiences that you've got now. Would you still look back at to your teenage self and say, "Go and start your own gig at that young age"? Yes, if I'd been given the opportunity. I, I very much would, mm. and that's um, one thing. So with my own kids, mm. um, my middle one uh, who went off qualified as a as a PT, mm. and you know he he's things like like everybody's. Oh, we need to earn. I need to earn money. I need to earn money. Is that he's been very much given the opportunity to start his own gig, mm. <clears throat> and uh, he's started a uh, private members gym in Hurstpeer Point. Mm. Uh, he's got involved um, very much with that, and he's, he now has, he's now doing these weekly classes, and he's got summer classes coming mm. up, he's got a football camp coming up, and he's, he's really, uh, he's definitely got that entrepreneur spirit. Mm. Um, it, it's very much a passion for it. Mm. Uh, he has very much has a passion for it, you can, you can see that. Um, but he's, he's very much got the support behind him. Mm. And so going back to my own time is that had I had that sort of right support mm. at that point, then it, it, I would very much have started, started my own thing. Um, I'll tell you one, one reason, I, because I, I often think that, the reason I go into schools now and, and I try and encourage entrepreneurship as much as possible, one of the reasons I wanted to start this is we can a platform to share people's stories mm -hmm. and inspire to do that. Um, but there is an element of me, and I think, you know, I, same as you, I'd go, you know what, if I only I knew what entrepreneurship was back at 16, yeah, yeah. I would have started my own thing. Yep. But then there's the other side to uh, I sort of still look at and go, because of as, as we mentioned before, everything happens sort of for a reason. Yep. That you go along them that that line and go, actually, would I've been ready back then to start it? W would I've been ready to start my own business? As, as it, have I got to the point and the resilience I've built up and the personality I am now that actually thirty maybe maybe it'd have been the right time? Because if I had started that salon at, at eighteen and it had failed. How would that have affected me at a younger age? I, I'm just ke keen to have you thought about like that that sort of sense because I I'm similar to you. I guess what I'm what I'm trying to say is I'm similar. I would, that would be my thing. I don't. But I am torn with the fact of actually I'm okay with that. It was delayed because the fact that I've got more experience and I was probably in a better headspace then to do it. I think it's a very valid point that you make, mm. <clears throat> and I'm sure that I would have had more failures along the way had I, had I started my own thing then. Mm. But flipping that on its head is that 
I would have taken the the lessons from 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 those failures, and I think ultimately what that would have done is that would have led me to have started my true gig earlier than I did on the first of September, twenty twenty. Brilliant answer, brilliant answer, and agree with you. Uh, you know what? Uh, I agree because, I, like you say, what, the key back again is how much we learn from our failures, and that's mm. the and, and uh, similar to you with your kids with mine. I love them to go to me. I've got this idea. I'm going to go and aid up my backing, yeah. and I'll go out there, and I want them to fall over, and no, no one wants to fail, and I'll get that. Don't want them to fail, but if they do. I want them to get my up and then they go again. Absolutely, I, I just again maybe we'll stay on the subject. But my 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 daughter, uh, who's just turned seventeen, she's very good academically, mm-hmm. and she's very good musically. So her instrument is her voice, um, and she's done some amazing stuff already. Um, she's done you know a couple of sort of fantastic gigs already, and and she's brilliant. I know she's my daughter, and I'm very biased, but she is she is truly truly brilliant. And she, she was accepted into Bazvik um, to kind of similar go down the law sort of road. Mm. Um, but she was also accepted into BIM, um, the, uh, the music, uh, music college. And she was torn, very much torn. And she, whichever she did, she would be very, very successful at. Mm. But she was torn because music is her passion, but she kind of felt that the... Oh, but, but Bazvik's what I should be doing because that's the academic thing and that's mm. what people do. And her and I sat and had a conversation and I said to her, look, how old are you? You know, at the time she's, you know, she's, she's 16. And I said, is that you're, coming up 16, I think she was then, is that you're, it doesn't, go and do what your passion is. And she was, but what if that, what if music doesn't work out in a couple of years? I said, well then, you can go and do the Bazvik thing, then. Then you can go down the academic road if that's what you want to do. The main thing is, is that she has the support there to be able to make those choices. Yeah. And I think that's where, uh, one thing that we're looking at with, with the Star Trust yeah. and what we're doing with, yeah, with, with the kids there, is being that the, the kids, young adults today, mm. they should have those choices to go off and try different things mm-hmm without having to, to grow up and be that adult immediately. Oh, mate, I absolutely love that. A hundred percent. And I, you mentioned the Star Trust thing and the link and obviously what Rob um, is looking to achieve. And I, I completely agree. And it's such an amazing message because, and for not, not, just, not, not just our kids, but anyone out there listening, you just think, do something. We're a long time there. Do something you're passionate about. Yeah. Whatever part wherever you are in your career, whatever you're doing, if you're not happy doing that, find what you're passionate about and go go and go and give that a go. Yeah. Because you know what? Now, what is the other alternative? We spend a long time doing stuff that we don't enjoy doing. And, and from a kid's point of view as well, what an amazing thing for you to... Because to, you're right, there is that security blanket. Because society yeah. tells us that that's what we need. We need yeah. a security blanket. So go out and get the thing that's going to give you that become a lawyer or them things go down that path where music where maybe there's no less security but you know what i'm gonna have a great time doing it and find out what that 
and who knows as well who yeah. knows where that, that path leads F- follow your passion yeah but it has to come from you mm. yes you can find help along the way but you have to have that desire to 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 get up and and want to do it in the first place brilliant mate love absolutely love it look look we're going to finish our quick fire questions i'm going to throw these ones at you okay who is the person you would most like to say sorry to but haven't this is a difficult one the uh, i mentioned him earlier he got me up to london mm. and uh, to to uh, and help me get that for that first job and he passed away in um uh 20 january 2017 he he was a lifelong friend um, he was a couple of years older than me. Um, he'd been to the same school and stuff like that. But he was a he was a larger than life character, um, and by that I mean he was a, he was a, he was a big he was a big chap, mm. and he was he was bullied at our school, and that's I think where him and I struck up that sort of friendship. Because I used to stand up for him and stuff like that, and we just sort of became we became very good friends through that. And he was very good to my children uh, as, as they were growing up. But he, certainly in the the last couple of years of his life, he was he was properly struggling. Um, I mean, this guy was a good like thirty five stone, and and I met him for the very last time. Um, I took him out for his um, for his birthday in October twenty sixteen. We met up at Charing Cross Station of all places. Mm-hmm. And I was taking him out for dinner, and you know he couldn't walk fifty yards without having to stop. And he was so so, uh, yes, overweight, but he was so uh, he had such a bad chest. And I briefly said to him, "Have you been to the doctors?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nothing. It's just a cold. You know, it'll be fine." And I just kind of let. I did. I didn't want to. Um, and this is where the sorry bit comes in, because I didn't want to, uh, I guess, challenge it. I didn't want to mention the elephant in the room, uh, in that he he needed help. And January 2017, um, I got a call uh, to say that he died. And that was tough, really tough. And the sorry bit comes in to him is that I wish I'd had the courage to challenge him and call it what it was and help him. Because would it have ultimately made a difference? Maybe, maybe not. You know, but we'll we'll never know. Um, But to answer your question, that's who I would like to say sorry to for not standing up and at least trying to help him. Well, mate, thanks for sharing that, Ronnie. I'm sorry that puts a down on things. No, mate, honestly, I, listen, I just, listen, I'm just grateful for, I'll say, I guess, for for people coming on here and and sharing their stories and sharing things that, that like that and ultimately getting to know more about the people that are sitting opposite me and... Um, that's a, just mate, a touching thing to to, mm. to share. So thank you for sharing that with us. And um, mate, 
we're, we're, we're going, we've got a couple more to go, okay? Yep. If you had to choose one, what piece of advice would you like the listeners to take away from our conversation today? The answer to this is it's something that I, I don't know where it came from, um, but it actually popped up on my Facebook um, yesterday uh, for something that I'd, uh, I'd shared or I'd, I'd typed uh, quite a few years ago. And it's follow your dreams. Because if you don't go after what you want, You'll never have it. You know, if you if you don't ask, well, then the answer is always no. Mm. You know, it's uh, if you don't don't step forward, you're always going to be in the same place. And if it changes your life, if you get the chance and it changes your life, then let it. Nobody said it would be easy; they just said it'd be worth it. Now, I don't know where that I don't know where that originally came from, um, why I originally shared it. Maybe I'd had a couple of glasses of wine um, when I when I originally wrote it. I don't know, but it's something that I do stand by, what I do truly believe in, is that it's out there. Just go and find what's there for you. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Love that, mate. Gold, gold. Can you recommend a book or a podcast to our listeners that has had an impact or influence on you? Yeah, The Chimp Paradox Brilliant. by Steve Peters. Yeah. Awesome, awesome book yeah. or podcast yeah. uh, or audio book. If you've not read it, listen to it, go get it. It completely and utterly uh, helped me. Brilliant. Uh, you know what? what there, there's a kid's version of it. As well. okay. And I've got it for, we read it to Luke and Sienna. Now. Oh, brilliant. It's a kid's version of the, uh, brilliant. Uh, my, my chimp. I wish I'd had that book yeah. many, many years ago. Yeah. So. Wow. And I guess this is similar and related maybe to the the, the, the previous statement, but um, your one rule for living a fulfilled life. Have fun and just treat others like you want to be treated. It's that simple. Mate, what what a what a brilliant conversation and a great way to finish. And um, so grateful for you coming on and and sharing uh, so openly, really and honestly, with me. And and hopefully, people getting to know you even more by by sharing so many stories as you have done with us and in, in, in your journey with us. So, mate, thanks so much for your time. It's been a brilliant episode, and I can't wait to share it. And listen, just wish you continued growth and success with with Rubik's and and go giraffe. Uh, go giraffe. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Look out for them giraffes, everyone. Brilliant. Thanks, Sam. It's been a real, real pleasure. Really has. Amazing. And that, as they say, sir, is a wrap. This is the County Business Talks podcast, produced by H2 Productions.